Welcome to Living Ardently. I'm your host, Adrian Giraldi, and we're back uh, for another episode. Last week, we took a break. For those of you who are listening way past the release dates of these podcasts, this doesn't matter to you. But we took a break last week because things have been crazy. I've been uh, in the in the uh, point in my life where I'm actually moving out of this room. Uh, this is my bedroom where I'm recording right now. And I'm moving into an apartment with three of my friends, or two of my friends. I'm in the three-bedroom apartment, so things are going to change. It might be, it might sound weird. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to be recording. Uh, I have to work around their schedule and uh, everything like that. So things have been changing. Uh, life has been crazy. So bear with us if uh, we skip a couple episodes here and there. I did say on social media that today's episode was going to be a Q&A podcast, but it's not. <laughs> Jarrell also had a, has been having a rough month, so we are taking a break um for this week and we're going uh, hopefully going to be recording that next week for next week's episode um but this week we have a testimony episode with my good friend um which i will introduce in just a little bit so let's get into it y'all Alright, so today's guest is an old college roommate of mine. Um, he is His favorite color is orange. He's also my best man for my wedding next year. And recently, he ruined his mother's car twice. Not once, but twice. Today's guest is uh, my best friend, my best man. Uh, whoops, I just canceled this video. <laughs> Garrick Gamboa. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here again. <laughs> for those, oh yeah, for those of you who um, oh, listen to our Five Minute Fridays, Garrick has been here before, and we played a Five Minute Friday with him. But um, we have like haven't been doing those as much. We're trying. I want to get back into doing them. I've had some people reach out to say they want to partake in them. So I will be reaching out to you all. Uh, for those of you who have asked about those, we will play a game for five minutes and just have some fun. Um, you know. But Garrick's here for a full episode. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that whole, you know, ruining your mom's car twice um, in a row. What happened yeah. there? Yeah, so I was in a hurry because, like, just like myself, I was running late to probably work or church or something. And mm. I uh, just got out of my garage super fast. But I was really relying on that... Uh, those picture mirror camera things on the car now that it is and it's really bad so anyways i'm backing up looking at this camera checking in my rear view mirror and as i'm backing up i smack the mirror on the side of the garage and i'm just like oh Oh. no and so so you're in the garage and the side mirror got clipped on the side of the mm -hmm. oh no and you think that's everything so my mom you know i help i pay for you know repairing it fixing it whatever else you know good in a week so we're awesome so i'm you know god bless her heart trust me again i'm taking her car out and then backing out again probably running late for something i hit the mirror again <laughs> <laughs> and uh and this time the mirror is not totally off like the first time it was but enough that definitely you can't i can't now you can't adjust the mirror anymore and my mom this time and i we didn't we haven't fixed it yet so oh yeah my, that's uh, so sad 
my wife always says that she she makes a lot of small expense expenses like shopping and all this stuff. But me, mm-hmm. I make a lot of stupid big expenses, <laughs> and that was an exhibit A example of that. That is so funny. Um, I'm glad that uh, at least you're safe and the car is drivable. Or you're not actually ruining it to the point where it is not drivable. Um, but just to kind of give some more fun facts before we go into some Q and A. Um, actually, no. Let's let's go not Q and A. Let's go into some rapid fire questions, and then I got some quick trivia questions for uh, this fellow basketball slash hardcore Laker fan. Oh gosh! Um, so <laughs> we're gonna really test his knowledge about his basketball in just a second. So oh boy, here we you go. Ready? Here okay. We go. Uh, on a scale of one of ten, how good of a driver are you? Mm. I give myself a solid eight and a half. <laughs> Favorite holiday? Christmas. Invisibility or super strength? Invisibility for sure. Um, is it is it, uh, what is a nickname your parents called you? Derek. What's your favorite city in the U.S. besides the one you live in? Denver, Colorado. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Favorite day of the week? Friday. First celebrity crush. Uh, what's her name? Shoot. Uh, Gwen Stacy, who is Emma Stone. Emma Stone, really? First, that was her first celebrity crush. Uh, first like real, real. Oh, if not Jessica Alba, but probably Emma Stone is my real, true first like crush. Like, <laughs> from what? Super bad or like? Uh, I've always had a like interest in her, but what solidified it was Spider-Man 2 with um, <laughs> or Spider-Man uh, the amazing Spider-Man the amazing I loved, Spider-Man I, call, I said Gwen Stacy first because that's where I like fell in love with her a little bit so I was like oh pretty I, sure we were like in college at the point where that came out <laughs> I was right before it was like the year before right, I came to college that's awesome I remember um, I remember that moment I was in the movie theater I'm like you're amazing Gwen you're Stacy amazing. oh no what I when I knew it was real Sorry, spoiler alert for anyone who doesn't watch Amazing Spider-Man 2. I was watching Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, ready like into this person, this celebrity. And I'm watching this, and then she like Spider-Man saves her. I'm like, oh, good job. You better have saved her. That's, that's my girl. But then she like gets all the way down to the well, and her head smacks the ground, yeah. and she dies. And I it's literally so- felt... I literally felt like someone died in my life. I was so <laughs> depressed. I walked out of that theater and I was like, Gwen Stacy died. Gwen Stacy, I don't I don't want Mary Jane. I want Gwen Stacy. Why would you do that to me? That was wow, so sad. that that is super sad. Oh, I'm sad gross. for you. Favorite junk food? Ooh, um junk food. Uh, probably ice cream. Oh, not Jay's? It's not junk food, it's real food, man. <laughs> those wings if anyone doesn't know amazing wings southern california if you ever visit i'll take you to jay's probably jay's those are amazing i miss those and i think about them time to time and then you send a picture the other day um mm-hmm. favorite season uh summer really favorite child tv show recess really I mean, there's probably another one, but the first one that popped in my head was Recess. Do you Codename snore? Ki- Codename Kids Next Door was another big one. Yeah, that's an underrated one. Do you snore? I recently have developed a habit, and Kristen reminds me of it all the time. My <laughs> wife, Kristen. 
places oh, you I want see. to travel? I saw your picture. Um, ooh, uh, I'd like to be go to Africa or Australia at some point, or uh, New Zealand type area, New Zealand. like anywhere oh, yeah. that Africa or er, Australian area. I yeah. think it'd be cool in those like islands over there, Malaysia. Yeah, the Pacific like, Ocean area. Mm, yeah. Uh, would you talk about? Well, it was like oh, you said my caption for my my pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you said sorry, I went for snoring. Yeah, I was like, to, I, I said, uh, so it's, um, I posted uh, pictures of our engagement photos for Sarah and I, for those of you who know that I'm engaged, and uh, it's uh, 215 days, to uh, the, the, today is 215 days till our our um, engagement, and we just decided to, I mean, our, our wedding day, so I sent, I posted our engagement photos in my caption, I love it to be witty, and I said, uh, 215 days till you get to wake up to my snoring every day. <laughs> <laughs> and people thought it was funny so and i'll probably more than just every day i'll probably be like two or three times a day <laughs> depending on how many, yeah depending on how many naps you take what was your last halloween costume garrick Ooh, garrick it was myself because i don't think it, oh my last last one though what did i do at ave i don't even remember i haven't been really dressing up for halloween uh un-american just kidding cake or pie um name a um name a primate besides monkeys and apes chimpanzee oh besides a monkey lemur oh nice um do you have you ever worn socks with sandals all the time who has it easier men or women men say your favorite word in spanish que lastima what does that mean what a shame <laughs> or lo siento i'm sorry lo siento uh you probably say that a lot um <laughs> i do actually. is double dipping at a party ever acceptable uh no sourdough or wheat wheat name one of the seven dwarves sleepy snoopy <laughs> he's, he's dwarf size <laughs> We have an amusement park here in Southern California called Knott's Berry Farm. It's dedicated to Snoopy and the gang. Really? Mm-hmm. The peanut gang? Yes, uh, it is. Favorite type of tea? Ooh, milk tea with boba. Godfather or Star Wars? Star Wars. Star Wars or Marvel? Marvel. Marvel or especially, DC? Especially recently. Marvel. I would normally say DC, but Marvel's just won my heart lately. Wow. I can't believe you would even consider DC. Um, I did. I was a huge superhero person, and Marvel's just blown out of the park. I mean, I watched like Justice League long for a long time mm-hmm. before Marvel stuff came out. I loved the Justice League cartoons that were on Cartoon Network back in the day. DC cartoons are amazing. That's where Teen, I yeah, Teen Titans, like yep. the original Teen Titans, yeah. Mm-hmm. But oh, and they they actually it either already came out or just came out of uh, the Young Justice League or something. Have you ever watched On that cartoon? No. It's really good. It's like right. really, really good. I just remember Teen Titans and getting really invested in the whole Terra, uh, the hair, uh, uh, whole Terra, um, what is it? Arc. Like that was so. Yeah. And Slade. Oh. I remember him too. So yeah, much. See, uh, but see, see, so you could see where I like DC for a little bit more than Marvel, right? Right. I can see. But, but the movie wise, I'm thinking like cinematic movies. Like. Well, yeah, they've blown it out of the park. Yeah, Marvel I, built it uh, so well. What's it called? Um, and uh, oh my gosh, Endgame. Endgame? Oh, yeah, yes. cried. 
I oh, did. respect. Uh, rest in peace, uh, T'Challa, King, um, Chadwick Boseman, Wakanda Forever. Um, dude, that sucked so much. I like, I stopped and and, and almost like cried again, like it was Kobe. Um, for a little bit, my my wallpaper was him, was uh, Chadwick in his costume as Black Panther and Kobe in his jersey, just standing out and it's just their silhouettes. I was just like, mm. anyway, <sighs> 2020. <laughs> I think in that when I when it happened to Chadwick, honestly, I was almost just like, 2020 strikes. It was sad, but it was almost yeah. like, I almost just expect this already. <laughs> like, yeah. but him, oh man, just so so upsetting. Anyway. Now I want to get that to the to your little trivia questions for the Lakers to kind of test your your knowledge. In nine okay, in nineteen ninety 1990 to nineteen ninety one NBA championship was won over the Los Angeles Lakers four games to one by which team? Oh, it was. Actually, should know. That. I actually didn't know that one. Again, in 1990-1991, NBA championship was won over the Los Angeles Lakers four games to one by which team? Oh my gosh, what was it? 1990-1991. Oh, was it the Chicago Bulls? Yeah, there you go. Okay, there you go. Chicago Bulls. That was the first championship with Michael, I believe. The beginning of the end. Beginning <laughs> of the end. What number did Kobe Bryant wear? In high school. Oh my gosh, I'm such a bad, I'm so bad right now. <laughs> I really hope none of my friends that are Laker fans watch this because this would be so bad. Um, I know it because I've seen it so many times. It's in my head. I can see it lower, Mary, Marion. I wish you'd asked me what high school you went to. Um, <laughs> Marion, um, in Philadelphia. Blue jersey, white outline. Blue jersey? Wasn't it blue? Yeah. It's like a light. No, it's not. Oh, crap. I'm going to start shop now. Um, it's like maroon. <laughs> no, but there's a blue one also. Oh, there is a blue one. There is a yeah, blue yeah. one. Okay, I see. I don't know. 42? I can't remember. No, one was 24. The other one he was most known for was 33. 33. I told you earlier, I am terrible at trivia. Absolutely terrible. Apparently so. How old was Kobe Bryant when he was drafted to the NBA? 18. What team did Kobe Bryant's father, Joe Jellybean Bryant, play for? Was it the Sixers? It was. There you go. Um... What what or who did Kobe Bryant's parent name after his uh him after? Oh, the steak. The type of steak. It's <laughs> amazing. Kobe steak. Kobe steak. And then his dad was Bean Kobe Bean Bryant. Kobe Bean Bryant. And my last question, Garrick. Who will who will win in the NBA Finals twenty twenty? No question, the Los Angeles Lakers. So I'm not going to bore you all with more basketball. We're going <laughs> to get into Garrick's testimony here. Um, we love we love talking about basketball. Maybe we'll have like a whole bas- basketball podcast. We never know. 
Um, <laughs> so, Garrick, we met we met back in Ave. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of replay your first memory of me, of how we uh, met, rather. Well, Adrian actually reminds me of my first memory pretty often because I, I apparently forget it a lot because I have bad <laughs> memory, hence why I'm bad at trivia. But uh, I think it was in the... Well, I, and the probably the reason I don't remember is because I was so focused on the fact that I hated these uh, pests <laughs> called mosquitoes in Florida. But <laughs> I was in a luau, an opening thing at Ave Maria, and I guess I went up to Adrian and uh, introduced myself, which was apparently not very normal because, you know, you know <laughs> can't be friendly anywhere. Just kidding. Uh, and you just had a conversation from there. But I think Adrian can probably reflect it a little bit better. But I do. It was that, uh, I actually do picture it a little bit better now, but it was this luau at first thing. Yeah, um, it was like a, but, it, there was a bonfire and uh, all I remember is you in your hoodie and like really bundled up to make sure you weren't getting bit. And then, and then it turns out we were all standing in an ant pile and being bitten by fire ants. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember that, but I actually I avoided that, but you guys were getting destroyed. Yeah. I remember like getting like running out to the sidewalk and stomping my feet and getting really upset and I was like, Alright, I'm just, I think I'm just gonna go home now. <laughs> yeah, that was a good that was literally like my first impression of Florida. It was like a bonfire suite, mosquitoes, what the heck, humidity, wow, and also fire ants. Like Florida is literally trying to kill me day one. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing and then uh fast forward we became friends and because we bonded as filipinos and wanted to do both of us wanted to do youth ministry and in basketball obviously um had our few debates and about who's the goat we also uh, played a lot of basketball um, we also did we we, we tune squad do you have your jersey still i do i do it's in all right are we gonna we're gonna put it on are we? Are we going to do that right now? All right, here we go. I'm going to have to throw my wife uh, under the bus a little bit here, but recently cleaned my closet, so I don't know where everything is. Oh, I think I know where it is, but it's going to require me to uh, unpack some stuff. So It's okay. I found mine. <laughs> my old tunes go ahead. Number 13, Asian to Asian. <laughs> With the logo again on the back there. So you know if you forget what the front looks like, it's also in the back. <laughs> I was going to put fake Nike jersey, uh, Nike logos on here. <laughs> so so back back in college, we had these uh, intramural teams for like sports. And we made one our first year, was it? Um, yeah. I think it was our first year. Yeah, we both transferred. We both were like doing, wanting to do youth ministry and studying theology so we're like we bonded over all of this stuff and then we were like yeah let's start a basketball team together and i recruited like a bunch of like like a couple of like actually really good people because <laughs> i was just we were just both friendly and so we then we we're like let's like, come up with a fun theme and it was tune squad um we i made everybody jerseys with iron on transfer sheets we got everybody <laughs> sizes um we made it to the playoffs that year, and uh, we're a first-round exit, though. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, man, I'm just saying, if we had like a best-out-of-three series, it would be really, really competitive. I think so. Like, I would start watching film. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd record the game and start watching film to make sure that we know how, what to expect and what we can do. 
Yeah, I remember. I remember warm, really warming up for those things. I was like, yeah. really game ready. And lay up lines, handshakes, all that stuff. <laughs> Did we come in with like music one time too? We had like, well, we played our we played our Tune Squad intro. Come on and slam, <laughs> let's do the jam. That was great, fun times, fun times. Um, and then, um, but yeah, so that's how we met, and we became roommates the following years, and uh, then we just kind of really continued to grow and bond, and we became. Um, like best friends to the point where like I was in, I was born at your wedding party. You're my best man for mine. Uh, come next year, we've been part of like of several other wedding parties together with our other roommates and friends from our household. Oh, and we also led our household together. <laughs> I was like, you're missing that one. But I was yeah. about to say, I think I think one of the coolest parts is we, I think prior to household life, we got along. Like you said, it's all these things we had common interests and similar goals and dreams and desires. Mm-hmm. But I think with that and our and our brotherhood and our in our household, which is kind of that, I mean, I'm sure, oh yeah, it's kind of based off artist virtues, but yeah. uh, really had that virtuous centered friendship slash really centered Christ in all our friendships. I think that really helped with just help mm-hmm. transforming our friendship from just like a normal friendship to one where it really was based on Christ and how that meant for us forming that relationship. Right. So true. Cause, and, and even like, that because that household um is something that made um who i am today i think you know like how i you know really focus on vulnerability and love to kind of be vulnerable with people and kind of you know give people opportunities to be vulnerable with me um or with the you know even the podcast i mean this entire podcast is named um inspired by our household ardent's virtues you know um so that it's actually you're the first household brother to be on the podcast so represent uh maybe we'll have more in the future we'll see um there's another thing oh yeah so like so the idea of vulnerability we we like one of the best moments for me in that household was learning how to be vulnerable and sharing my heart with people um especially in particular with other men who were potentially struggling with similar things um and so that kind of like was ingrained into me into my ministry as i reached out to other people personally and then into my my jobs ministry into like making sure i i am vulnerable with my teens and my teens are able to be vulnerable with me if they seem like if they want to trust if they trust me you know um and so with the with the ministry of living ardently i also wanted that to be reflected in the way that we do these testimonies um is to give our, our guests an opportunity to share some of their hardships and their, you know, maybe like not just like their initial conversion, but like their further conversion later in life and kind of show the hardships that comes with being a Christian um, just in general, you know. I um, mean, hopes in the future we have other people who are not just Catholic, but sharing their hearts and how they're living ardently in different aspects in their lives rather than just always being Catholics or Christians coming on. Uh, but for now, this is what we have because I have. Uh, it's something I'm, you know, I. It's easy for me to reach out to, and I'm in the circle. So, but today, um, that's what the. That's why we get to do these things, the testimony episodes, um, and this is why Garrick is here today to kind of share a little bit of his testimony of, you know, maybe his initial conversion, but also, like we said earlier, uh, more of his further um, conversion in life. So, Garrick, were you a born and raised Catholic? That I was. I born and raised Catholic my entire life, as far as I can remember. Always in California. Mm-hmm. 
uh, was grew up in Anaheim with my grandparents at first, mm-hmm. and then uh, moved to your Belinda and been going, been here ever since. So you um, give us a little bit of your upbringing. You were was your family always um, religiously going to cat like were they lukewarm Catholics in the way or like Catholics that were always going just because they were supposed to be going. Or um, were they, like, very passionate in, like, doing novenas and stuff like that? Yeah, I would say that uh, my grandparents in particular are very devotional and service-oriented and very just Mm faith-filled. They really, you know, spent a lot of their time around church. My grandfather has been a knight since he was forever, and he's actually created a lot of the different knights' orders in Guam, which is where my family was at first. Oh, really? And so when he came here, he quickly joined the Knights and it's kind of a, probably his way of connecting to to this area and to California and Orange County. My grandmother is also super faithful, um, praying rosaries all the time and mm-hmm. has always kind of had God as kind of her backbone. A lot of my other family hasn't always been very filled with the faith. I mean, a lot of them went to Catholic school, different things and kind of just fell away. My mm-hmm. dad um, and mom, my dad is in particular, I guess, kind of kept our family going to church on Sundays. And I would Mm -hmm. say that we were a mixture of faith was very like a high priority, but also integration of like culturally faithful, like Mm -hmm. especially as Filipinos that going to church and mass was just something that we needed to do, but it was still Mm -hmm. something super important as a priority in our lives. Um, Mm -hmm. We weren't like, I didn't, I didn't even know what popes were growing up. Mm -hmm. Like if you asked me as like a five-year-old or maybe not five-year-old, like a 10-year-old, what a pope was, I'm like, what the heck is that? Um, <laughs> I just knew that there was mass and I had no idea what was going on and I knew mm-hmm. I had to go, but I had no idea what the concept of faith, what it meant or how to apply it to my life. It was just something that was a part of my culture, mm-hmm. but, but for my dad it was something super important. Mm-hmm. And so grew up with that and definitely was something that was integrated. But so yeah, I'd say a mixture of just important culturally Catholic. That was kind of my upbringing. We went to mass most Sundays Mm-hmm. rarely missed except if we had like a trip or something or went to mass like on a different day mm-hmm. um but for the most part that's what kind of was yeah i feel like it for uh, i feel like more than more more often than not most filipino families are kind of the same one family member is more probably more religious than the others and then you know some stay some some go some are just there um but uh then there's there's some that are just like super awesome, super faithful, and have been like, you know, um, Catholic their entire lives, and this is their biggest devotion is um, in importance in their life, and they will defend their faith before anything else, and and that's really awesome to see, um, especially because when you go back to the Philippines, it's such a Catholic uh, like country, like there's mass like all throughout the day, like. Like morning, afternoon, several times in the afternoon, several times in the evening. It's like awesome. Literally went to mass when I went to the Philippines and went to mass. Like literally as you're exiting, the next group's coming in like on Sunday. So let's say you go to 10 o'clock in mass. As you're leaving at 11 o'clock, the next group is already coming in right at the time. And there's back to wow. back to back to like the whole day. It's just crazy. not never nonstop, um, never ending nonstop masses going on. It's so cool to see. And you know, I, I wish we would have something like that in America, but, you know, we're just not there, <laughs> obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, someday, maybe. We'll see. Um, so that's cool. Um, did you, did you, uh, when was it in your life that you kind of started to make your faith your own? Like you, you know, you said that you were up, your upbringing is, um, 
you didn't even know what the Pope was when you were around 10 years old or whatever. I feel like I was about the same thing. But there's a point, obviously, in everybody in every Christian's conversion where they started to say, oh, maybe the faith is something that I should be interested in. Uh, what was that moment for you? So I was about 11 years old. Um, and this is not where it started, but prior to. Mm -hmm. um, my dad actually passed away from colon cancer. Yeah. And for me, that was a a pivotal moment of I guess, of life because I'd never experienced loss. I'd never experienced um, the realities of life and what life meant. And so it was a very, I guess, philosophical like moment for me where like, what the heck just happened? Because to me, in a weird way, like family was like my God and like mm -hmm. lowercase God in the sense that everything in my life revolved around family. Everything was the most important mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. So to have my dad ripped away from me in like yeah. a very like brutal type of way through cancer, I, I, I didn't know how to react. And so I went into this very dark place where I just relied on video games. It was kind of my clutch in my like way to get through life. And, mm -hmm. um, and in a way it's where, where I tried to find happiness was just like virtual world. And so as time went on, um, kind of living, just going through the motions, knowing that that was kind of deeply buried there in my heart, yeah. but not really realizing like how it was affecting me. So I went to, my mom took me to a Filipino party at church and this random bald white big dude <laughs> comes up to me and it's like, hi, Garrick, you want to join youth ministry? And I'm like, how'd you know my name? <laughs> Who are you? You don't belong here. Um, and so... I'm like, what the heck is youth ministry? And, you know, again, telling that story, I'm like, and I was like, sure, I'll join. I, this random guy, you know, just joining this guy's, like, youth ministry, whatever that meant, and I had no idea what it was at the time. So I ended up joining. Yeah. I think he gets my contact information somehow, and I ended up getting invited to all sorts of things over the summer, whether it was, like, service yeah. things, um, yeah. meetings. And so I ended up going on this retreat in, in the end of the summer, mm -hmm. and uh, it was crazy because I've never seen so many high schoolers in one place. It was like a couple hundred, this thing called SCRC. Mm -hmm. And I was blown away because I've never seen so many young people. But what was more confusing about young people gathered for a church event was young people gathered for a church event that really wanted to be there. Mm. People were singing, people were excited, awesome. laughing, yeah. really into these talks that were very relatable, but also just piercing my heart what I needed to hear because... Yeah. To me, I'd gone to church my whole life, and the most exciting thing about church was the fact there was donuts at the end. <laughs> and I, it's the only thing I looked forward to. And so it was mind-blowing to realize, like, wow, like, I, the faith is actually relevant to my life. And mm. it's something that I should probably pay attention to and should be important because I've been doing this so right. And, and so at the end of the whole two-day experience, at the very end of Saturday night, mm -hmm. uh, there's this thing called adoration. And... You know, it's where the Eucharist is exposed in the monstrance. Mm -hmm. And it was the very first time I heard that Jesus Christ is here. Mm -hmm. And I didn't obviously fully understand that intellectually, mm -hmm. but in my heart, I knew that I really wanted it. I really wanted whatever this this desire for it. And so there's a scripture verse that kind of pops into my head whenever I think of that moment. Mm -hmm. It's Philippians 4, verse um, 5 through 6. Um, but have no anxiety about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep you in your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the request in my heart was happiness. Was mm. this pain that 
was filled because of the loss of my dad. That was this void that was so empty. I wanted to be filled with real love. I didn't want this love that was so fleeting, like death, where my heart was so in. I loved my family. I loved my dad so much. Mm-hmm. And to have it taken away from me was like, what's even the point of life if the things that you love the most are just gone? Mm. And so this idea that God was love that was everlasting and this idea that I as a Catholic needed to grow in this area, I wanted it and I wanted every bit of it. And I wanted this request Mm. to be known and this peace that didn't make any sense was coming over me. And I just knew I wanted more. And so Mm -hmm. from that moment, I just strove, strove and strove and just kept going. I joined youth ministry leadership as a, as a first year confirmation student, which as a youth minister today didn't make sense to me. I was in a, as a leader and like involved, I was like church like three, four times a night, a week Mm -hmm. and doing all these different things. I was doing anything and everything. And, and that's kind of like where everything started with me and my faith. That's awesome. That's so cool to see it like kind of like really, um, because you were so young. You you said you were even 11 years old and then that's where it kind of like started to take. So by the time you're doing confirmation, were you? I was a freshman in, in high school. Freshman in high school, wow. So yeah, when I was starting this whole journey, I, I was a eighth grader going into my freshman year. Mm, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I feel like everybody has like a different start point, right? Everyone has their, and that's what I think I love sharing about these testimonies because most of the time, like, you know, we have that, like, it's like a very, I, I don't know what to call it, but like the, I call it the stereotypical Christian, like, uh, Catholic, like, um, conversion. Like it's a retreat as a high schooler yeah. or some point and then go further in. There's some falling out at some point and then there's a falling deeper in love with Christ at some point and like that's i mean i feel like that's like a, a blueprint to most stories but the same time i mean it's like it's a blueprint for every story it's like a heroine story right of like um of like a most even even films like there's mufasa right like you can say lion king kid falls down has some falling out leaves has some kind of conversion and then comes back and saves the day or like, you know, comes back and reunites with where he was supposed to be. Um, and I feel like that's kind of like our story always, but it's just really cool to see how that basic blueprint can look so different with everybody's lives. And I think that's so unique. And so, um, I mean, me, I was a senior in, uh, I was going into my senior year in college. I mean, senior year in high school when I had my, my conversion and like yours, you were, I mean, yours was a lot sooner than that. Um, so, but it's still basically a a very similar blueprint. And so, yeah, we're going to take a break right here actually, and take a, come back with more, a deeper uh, conversation about Garrick's testimony and stuff like that. And a few more things that happened in his life. So yeah, we'll be right back. If you ever wanted to start a podcast today is the day. Go to anchor.fm to get started. It's a, They have a free app on the App Store and it has all the creation tools you need that allows you to record, edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. This app and your cell phone is literally the only thing you need to start a podcast. Use a microphone on your phone, record a voice memo, upload it to Anchor, and that's it. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, you can make money off of your podcast with no minimum listenership. And like I said, everything you need to make a podcast is in one place on the Anchor app. So 
Go to anchor.fm to get started or download the free Anchor app in your app store. Again, anchor.fm to get started or download the free Anchor app in your store. And we hope that you join the podcast world. Let's go. All right, we're back with Garrett Gamboa, who is a huge Laker fan, my best friend, my ex-college roommate, and my best man for my wedding. Um, he is here sharing his testimony today, and we just talked about how he, um, you know, ma- when he made his faith his own, and we started, you know, growing his passion and, and striving towards, you know, wanting to grow deeper and deeper, becoming more active in the faith. Um, and there's probably some details in there that we, we weren't able to touch in that part, but, you know, there's the in every Christian story, like I said earlier, there's a, a rise and a fall and a rise again. Like a death and a death and a resurrection, you know, or like um, kind of like a different season, a different season, right? And so, um, when okay, when um, my question that I like to ask in this after that is, you know, what, what in your life? When was it in your life that you were kind of tested the most? Yeah. So, faith wise, that is. I mean, I mean, in general, but right. So one of the one of the biggest moments, I mean, so after the whole conversion, like, I, it was like a springtime, you know, I was just yeah. really into it. I think, one again, super involved as a high schooler, like, evangelizing the faith in a way that was yeah. probably not normal for most high schoolers, yeah. and really sharing that out. Um, afterwards, I kind of, like, pursued, pursued, like, just doing ministry, and so yeah. I ended up doing, like, Life Teen Summer Missionary Program for a few, uh, six weeks, mm-hmm. and, like, my mind was blown away meeting other catholics are on fire but then Mm. learning about this joy-filled faith that i just want to share and Mm. bring to other people and then it was continuing that journey it's like okay what i want to do with my life and i was like i kind of like this ministry route but i'm also nervous this is not very like financially like this is something i really want to do and so i ended up joined this thing called net for a year is where literally like I just stopped everything in my life. I took a break from college for a year mm-hmm. and spent the entire time going around in a 12 passenger, 12 passenger van and a trailer with 12 random young adults. I'd never met prior to this moment, mm-hmm. share going, doing retreats three, four times a week, um, for nine months straight. Crazy. Or not 4.5 months. And then four, four or five months after that. And so it was this thing where I was just like living, breathing ministry. Yeah. Halfway through the ministry year, we went back and I remember having this prayer time and it was my dad's uh, 10th year anniversary that year. Mm. And I remember just really struggling with why is it that after 10 years I'm still so heartbroken by this. Mm-hmm. Like, why does my heart still break 10 years later for the loss of my dad? And I don't know if it was necessarily like the question where you say like faith was tested, but it was definitely a moment of just like, why is this still here? Like, I know that mm-hmm. I, I believe in God. I know that he's there and I know that he's going to take care of me. And I know that he is my everything. I know that I live and breathe because of him and through him and, and with him. Mm-hmm. But why is my heart so, bro- so broken after this? And so um, during this time, there was this prayer moment. And I remember them, the, the, the leaders there praying over me. And this thought came to my head. And I remember just thinking, okay, like, 
or God just speaking very clear to me, Garrick, like, you know, those 10 years that you spent longing for your dad, you, um, was used to help find like your heavenly father. Mm. And it was this crazy thing where, I mean, he was right. I mean, mm. I was so hungry and desperate to share the faith. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it was influenced for my desperateness of like wanting to know my father and mm-hmm. wanting other people to know my father. Mm. Because in my mind, I wanted to give everything to people. I wanted to give people this faith or share this faith because there was nothing mm. better. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I could give Garrick. But the thing about giving Garrick is that Garrick is sometimes lazy. He's <laughs> late to things. He procrastinates a lot. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I mean, I'm not perfect. There's just, I have so many flaws. But mm-hmm. if I could give faith or be an instrument to give faith, then, mm-hmm. like, I could give the world to somebody. Something that was so beautiful and amazing that if they were to experience it, there was just nothing better. Mm-hmm. And so this desperate hunger for my dad was, I didn't realize, was also when I was, where I was finding my Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. And it was just so fulfilling to know that, I mean, I did have my dad. I mean, he was here. And though it wasn't my earthly father, and though I miss him, and I'm, I'm excited for today I get to reunited with him, mm-hmm. um, my earthly father has taken such good care of me and has been there for me every step of the way, providing for me whenever I needed, for whatever I needed, for things I didn't know I needed, mm-hmm. and in ways that I just never understood. And that's kind of a mixture of, like, a reminder to me that, uh, I guess of this ongoing conversion, but also, yeah, I mean, there's these struggles and these things. And I think that God does provide these reasons of like, why, why am I still longing for something deeper when I already know that it's intellectually, but I guess in my heart, I didn't know it fully yet. Yeah. That's so tough. I mean, it's something that I, I definitely, um, can't imagine being in, in the state of having to kind of mourn that and have to, know losing losing your father and um but that's such a beautiful revelation of yours uh to kind of get to that point um and something that i feel we all can can take something from without having to lose our fathers you know our earthly fathers um and uh, so how do you think that really changed um how you are today um your faith in general or just entirely you know it solidified, I guess, a confidence in God that, I mean, I was already, I already knew that I wanted to give everything to him, but it solidified this thing that, I guess, for the rest of my life, that there is nothing that I wanted more than is to live for him. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of like where, I guess, in this path for ministry and path for just wanting my life to live for Christ I just wanted it to reflect that in every which way that no matter what I did, no matter where I went, like if God wasn't a part of it, it wasn't worth living for me. Mm. Um, a funny, a funny way of looking at it is, uh, I over one summer, I think the summer before I joined net, I was selling uh, Cutco <laughs> knives. Oh my uh, God. It's a blight. It's a, it's a blight in my history, but I remember <laughs> going to people and like very eloquently and very like warmly selling these knives and people would like, really be interested like i i do a pretty good pitch wow. but i felt so guilty my heart was like garrick how dare you use this gift that god gave you 
to get people to buy money for you from you like to give you money like i knew that i needed the money for college and for my future but i was like i felt so wrong and not that and not that anything is wrong about earning money and all that stuff like that's good good job for you people that earn crap ton of money that more than i do but in my for me like it just it felt wrong that i knew that these gifts that have been given from god and these gifts and talents i knew that god like had like formed me for there's just nothing else I could use it for except for him and so i just know that i guess from that experience um one that my testimony had changed and that mm-hmm. I, it wasn't just i wasn't just the kid that lost his father and now needed something to replace it i mean it wasn't just that it was more than that for sure but in, my testimony from that moment was that I, I'm constantly wanting to pursue this father that loves me and mm. and wanting to share that love in a greater way than I ever did before type of thing. Mm. It's an ongoing conversion, I think. And it's not just like it's it's ongoing change, I think. And it does it does it did give me a little bit it does give me a little bit of an identity crisis in a way because <laughs> um yeah. when people used to, I mean ask me my testimony, it's like, Oh yeah, this is my testimony. It's like but is that my testimony? I mean, that's my initial testimony, but it's not, it's not everything anymore. Like it's not, yeah. I know there's more to what I'm searching for, but it's, it's still so crazy to kind of think about. Yeah, definitely. Um, just a side note, um, uh, our co-host Jarrell from the living person, um, a few months ago shared that he also did that, um, where he sell, I don't know if it was knives, but I feel like it was, it might've been, um, but he, he was selling knives and he like went from like the, the and like, I think within a month was at the top tier sellers and had a BMW and, um, stuff Dang. like that. Like, that wasn't that good. <laughs> and, uh, then, then he like, once he had this like kind of re- revelation as well, kind of like sold all like read said sent sorry messages to all of his families and people he sold things to and you know obviously it was like something that um was just hard to experience but uh both of you had realized your gifts and use it now for the right purposes and it's an awesome thing um but definitely well just going back to your um comment about you know like our ongoing conversion i think that's something that's so important to kind of realize and and to kind of chew on because far too often have i seen it in like within not just friends but like people who you meet like you can tell that they're stuck in this like like i need chasing a retreat high to like further their faith you know what i mean um and that just can't be it like our faith is so much deeper and richer than just retreats. And yeah, the retreats are great. And like we ought to like, you know, like we, we're obviously going, it's going to do a great job in getting us introduced into the faith. But that's an introductory point. And that's, it's a point of helping us encounter Christ. And then like we're supposed to grow um, and, and go deeper, grow in a deeper relationship with him. And and yeah, we'll go to retreats, but uh, different types of retreats, right? More intellectual types of retreats that are going to help us deepen our knowledge of him and fall in deeper in love with him and then share and then prepare us to share that with other people. Right. Um, and so, yeah, go for it. I was just going to say, like, I mean, we, we tell, I tell teens this all the time as a high school youth minister that, you know, 
I mean, Jesus went on retreats. He went on retreats all the time to refresh yeah. and to get renewed and to mm -hmm. be recharged. Yeah. But he never stayed in the mountains. He always came back down to share the good news. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, that's it. I mean, retreats, I mean, I love retreats and I, I live yeah. and die by them. So, but yeah, yeah we, we can't live in the mountains. We have to, we have to come down to reality right. at some point. Right. We all have this call, right? We all have this uh, call to go deeper. Um, and we are trying to do that ongoing conversion and we need to be able to hold ourselves accountable to that. And if not, have people that will help us do so. You know, Garrick and I try to do that for one another. Um, we'll call each other and just talk about ministry. Um, we not just vent about what we're doing or ask for advice, but also like kind of just check in with one another. Like, how are we doing? Like, Garrick will ask me about my my um, relationship and I will ask him about his uh, marriage and we kind of go off of that. And um, other times we're just talking about video games, you know, or just playing <laughs> video games together. But and that's something we need as as Christians is, to, is that community and that accountability. And I'm blessed to have that with him and a few other of my friends. But if you don't have it like that, you know, please do find yourself some friends that are going to do be that for you um, so they can help you go on this journey of ongoing uh, conversion. You know, and if you don't have anybody, I mean, you, you guys have my number 407-853-2010. Um, you guys can call and pray. I can only offer prayers. I cannot offer you um, support if you are um, if you're in need of a therapist uh, for that number. Uh, please see our description. Garrick, I think, knows it by heart. Yeah, I think it's uh, text home to seven four one seven four one and if you need a phone call there's a crisis hotline call 1-800-273-8255 thanks um if you need those uh please do but if you want a friend to help you keep accountable or someone to pray with you can call that number uh my number at eight five uh four zero seven eight five three two zero one zero but if you need anything else more than that please refer to those numbers um but yeah Cool. Um, furthering that, is there some stuff, Garrick, that you're still working through um, as like part of your ongoing journey? Um, and if so, what are those things? You know, something about me that I've constantly, I mean, it's one of those things that's a recurring uh, struggle, I think. Mm -hmm. But with so much confidence in God and in the faith, sometimes with confidence gives me like a lot of laziness <laughs> um in the sense that sometimes i'm just i depend so much on gifts and talents or um on this grace that sometimes i'm just like oh i don't have to do anything because god's just gonna take care of it like yeah i could plan for this retreat god's got this the holy spirit's gonna be there so you know <laughs> who cares about the details so but dead. it's but it's in the details, I think, that I really struggle. Um, not mm -hmm. just on, like, a planning retreat youth ministry level, but on, like, a personal level. Um, yeah. When I was doing that ministry a long time ago, one of the craziest parts of it was, you know, like any job, they had me sign a contract. And in that contract was that every single day, you had to pray for at least 30 minutes of personal prayer. So not just, you know, spout a rosary for 15 minutes, but you actually have to like, whether it's in silence, whether it's going to chapel, whether, I mean, whether a rosary was part of it, but it had to be 30 minutes every single day, as well as a team prayer. Mm -hmm. And so every single day you had to pray with your team, no matter when, no matter how late or how early it had to happen for both. 
So if I ever broke that con broke the t um, prayer, it was I was also breaking my contract to to my ministry I was working mm -hmm. with. That being said, you go nine months of praying every single day with your team and personally and missing a few, like of course, but for the most part, praying, you really know what it feels like not to pray. Mm. And so sometimes for me, when I am lost or I've become so lazy or uh, gone through the motion so much, I, I really feel the loss of not being close to God or not feeling close to God or knowing that I'm not being close to God. And not mm -hmm. that it's about a feeling, but my action of not praying or not being close to him um, really hurts me. And I'm going to take it a step further than that. I know how much not praying is hurting me. And I know mm -hmm. the feeling. I know what's happening. And not only that, I know how to get out of it. I know that mm -hmm. what I need to do right now is stop what I'm doing is going to prayer. Mm -hmm. But despite me knowing all these different things and knowing that in a way I'm walking towards hell, like, you know, not that, mm -hmm. that God is merciful and all loving, but in my head, it's like, I know what I need to do to be close to God and closer to God. I know what I need to do to get closer. But despite knowing all this, knowing the pains of hell, mm -hmm. I still just don't want to do it. Mm. Like, you know, I still want to just reject God, like mm. through my actions despite knowing it, despite preaching it, despite saying it, yeah. like, I just, like, want to reject him. And I'm not sure if it comes from a place of there's something deeper and broken inside of me, and there could be, mm -hmm. or if it's just because, like, God has really taken everything, taken away so much of this, like, I guess the emotion out of it, and saying, Garrick, I'm giving you the full choice just to choose me. Mm -hmm. Like, there's nothing... I'm not making this easy for you at all. Like there's no emotion. There's mm -hmm. no like, there's no whatever. It's like, you just have Garrick. You just have the full choice here because I mean, and something that I've mentioned earlier, like there's this faith is all about choices. Every single moment, every single day, mm -hmm. like it's a choice. Mm -hmm. It's a choice to build virtue. Okay. And God is really, and at least for me, and I'm not sure for any of you, has really given me the full choice. I feel like, mm -hmm to just choose him every single day. And it's actually such a struggle to be given that full choice. Yeah. Like to know that God has given me just the ability to just choose him without anything like saying that I have to like in mm -hmm. my mind, it's like, I could totally just like right now I could just totally drop everything and just walk off and live my like ambition, ambitions and my sinfulness mm -hmm. and just like bask in it. Mm -hmm. And I could also do the opposite. I could also just like totally, give my life to God every single day. And mm. I think, I feel like honestly right now in my life, like every single day I'm given that choice. And it's so hard because I just lack the fortitude and the will sometimes to this, mm -hmm. to, to choose it sometimes. Yeah. Because he's given me so much of a choice. I feel like, like, mm -hmm. and it's not that he's not giving me grace. I know, I know it and I know his love and I rely on it so often when I'm in a, in a dark place, yeah. but on just a daily choice to love and to be loved and to love better than I did mm -hmm. yesterday. It's so hard sometimes. Yeah. I, I feel like more often than not, many people feel the same, um, the same way where it's like, yeah, I know what I need to do to get closer to Christ yeah, I know what I'm doing is probably leading me away from him 
or like not helping towards the goal. Uh, but I'm just comfortable. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like just scrolling or play. I like scrolling or reading my, you know, whatever magazine or whatever book that I'm reading that's not related to my faith or like playing video games. I like it. I rather do that than be silent for 30 minutes and pray, you know, um, settling in the bliss versus living in like truth and love and, mm -hmm. and like that reality. Right. It's just like we're, we're getting so caught in the uh, worldly things that we're forgetting that 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 sweet grace and uh beautiful that beautiful gift that we're like given already and uh, we refuse to receive sometimes um i i was uh i did something a retreat the other yes uh, a few days ago and like you know it was asking like where i was sometimes and i think one of the things i said was like fighting and in the sense in the sense of like I know very much like there's a war going on for my soul right now. Like there's a war mm. going on, and sometimes I just rather like just walk away from it. You know, like mm. instead of fighting the war and the battle that's happening and knowing it's happening and this this war for salvation, this war for eternity, like mm -hmm. this war that literally determines where you go for eternity. And it's like, mm. eh, I'd rather just like walk over here and. Just pretend it's not happening sometimes because it's just easier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, a, a simple analogy because I know we're talking very like spiritual and philosophical in a way, mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, I could love my wife, I could love my kids, um, but instead of doing that, I'm just gonna ignore them and pretend they're not there. And mm -hmm. you know, just I, I know you need, I know you want love right now, wife, but I'm just gonna go and uh, sleep right now because it's just easier. And it's like that reality that, you know, instead of facing it, it's like it's easier to run away from it sometimes. And yeah. and it's like, it's not like, oh, man, you ignore your wife one time and now you're going to go to hell. It's like, no, it's <laughs> not that. But I, I, I firmly believe that divorce, divorces don't happen overnight. They happen because day in and day out, you kept rejecting the decision to love. Mm. And it's like one of those things where, you know, I could have loved you that day, but I chose not to. That's fine. I free, free gave each other, but I did it again and I did it again. And at mm -hmm. some point, because I just failed to love so much, I just decided not to forgive anymore because I just stopped learning right. how, knowing how to love, you know? Right. And I'm not saying it's every situation. I just, it's an analogy that I think is sometimes true. Yeah. At least for that, me. That's helpful. And I help, uh, kind of put it into perspective because, uh, like, I think we talked about in the Q&A recently that, you know, there's a... There's an uh, like a hard choice to make that is an easy choice to make at the same time um, that we get to make it daily. Like if I were to ask you, would you choose God or the world? You would say God. But then if I would say, would you rather do this or another like or pray? You would stop and think for a second, <laughs> you know, it, um, or maybe you would just say pray. But then would you actually do it? You know, I was going to say, like, I would say pray. Mm -hmm. But then if I'm at my house by myself. And it's been a long day. I just got out of work or something or some type of thing, mm -hmm. and I'm by myself. Do I do I pray or do I go play video games or do I go and take a nap and not you know just ignore that moment or in the morning do I hit snooze or do I give God that glory for that first moment of the day? Mm. You know, mm -hmm. like what's what's my choice? And not saying that you have to do that, but that's just it. Like God is love, and just like your relationship, like love is loving. 
frequently and often as much as possible mm-hmm. because it changes the both of you. Mm-hmm. Just as much as that loving God changes. It's not that you change to love God. It's like loving God changes you, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, like you said, the, you know, divorces happen like uh, with little decisions every day to reject love. But the other way around, like a fruitful marriage or a fruitful relationship is to make those little sacrifices every day mm. um, to gain that love, you know? Um, and it, it's a, a thousand little sacrifices. And I'm, I don't even know the full, f- uh, fullness of that um, because I don't, you know, I'm not married yet. But like there's much, I mean, like, and yeah, in a relationship, there are sacrifices you need to take. But there's, I'm sure, tons and tons more when you enter into an actual uh, marriage with another person. Right. And it's so crazy because like the more I think about it, it's like it literally applies to everything. Like you have a choice to do this with your friendships. Like the type of friend that you want to be for somebody else, like it's very much lived in the way that you love each other. Like mm-hmm. how do you sacrifice to make that, you know, for that friendship, whether it's the extra conversation, whether it's mm-hmm. just being there, listening ear or, you know, buying them that coffee because it's just they're having a low point in their day and sacrificing that little bit of financial safe sanctuary or even siblings is another it's like honestly for me as where i first it's one of those first opportunities to love siblings and parents because you were you're born into it and mm-hmm. you developed how to love and honestly sometimes the way that i love other people is the way that i love my siblings and my parents and i see that and i see that reflected in that mm. Yeah, there's so much that we can unpack here, and I love that. And hopefully, we can come have you come back and do another ep- an episode that is fully on just kind of like interior life, and you know, trying to help help ourselves be a better. So, but thank you for sharing your uh, your testimony and um, you know being vulnerable and and sharing the, the hard parts of your life, um, and you know being vulnerable to kind of just be able, be willing to say like, yeah, I struggle with making this decision. You know, this easy decision that uh, we um, and calling yourself out like and I think we just need to become more comfortable um, with calling ourselves out and saying, hey, like I suck at this, uh, but not just stopping there, like going forward with that. It's like I suck at this. And I'm going to try to get better at it. You know, um, I think that's really important. Um, any advice to those people who might be who might have suffered um, through loss, um, like you were, uh, like you did, or, or maybe even, and then as well as people who are trying to make a decision, that simple decision of like, I'm going to choose God today and I'm going to continue to do that even though they struggle to. Yeah. Uh, it can be separated by two things, you know, you can address one than the other. You know, with loss, I'm going to answer it in like a, a type of way where if you are someone that knows someone that's lost somebody, mm-hmm. go reach out to them because they really could use it right now. And mm-hmm. I know sometimes it's easy for that person to hide it behind, like, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. But the companionship of having someone else there um, time and time and again will, it makes the world of a difference. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you're loved, especially when you feel like the one that you loved is gone. And mm-hmm. so, um, so, on one end, like if you know somebody that's lost somebody, reach out and make that effort. I mean, show up to that funeral if you didn't know them that very well. Show up, take them to lunch, have that conversation, mm-hmm. pray with them because that would that could be the moment that they could really use it. And actually, honestly, praying with somebody 
is what changed me because I don't even realize it, but I prayed for my dad so many times and that changed my heart so much. Mm. Um, and then for somebody that has lost somebody, be honest with God with how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. I think there's a moment where not, I was like years later after I lost him, I was sitting like, I think in this corner of the room right here, I wasn't even in my room because this wasn't my room at the time. I think I was like cussing at God because I was so pissed that I just like missed him so much. Mm-hmm. And so be honest with your prayer, with how you're feeling mm-hmm. and do that with both. Be that, be honest with God and be honest with other people with how you're feeling. Cause that will help tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side with those decisions, uh, pray for the grace to do it because at the end of the day, after everything I was saying and I, and I forget it myself is that, pray for the grace to do what you can't because at mm. the end of the day you know us relying on god for everything means relying him on everything even when you can't make decisions maybe maybe you literally can't maybe I'm, I'm talking about making these decisions and choices but maybe honestly we just can't do it by ourselves because mm-hmm. i'm trying to do it by myself mm-hmm. and so when you're having trouble making decision pray ironically pray for the grace to pray right <laughs> you know like yeah. pray to pray, pray god to pray for god in this prayer help me to pray to you you know yeah um because that's what you gotta do i mean rely on god for everything and everything and mm-hmm. with prayer and supplication peace comes with that understanding peace uh, you won't even understand why why that peace is coming so yeah. pray to pray to pray <laughs> Amen. Pray to pray, y'all. That's just something that sounds simple, but is actually a lot harder than it looks, I'm sure. Um, so, like you said, if you need even somebody to help um, help you get started and pray with you, you can call our number, uh, 407-853-2010. Um, and if you need anything more than that, please look on the uh, web uh, description down below and see those uh, crisis hotline numbers and how to text them. Um they're on the show notes of every episode that we post. So if any episode you need that, it's available. Um, yeah. Thanks, Garrett. I appreciate it. No problem. Glad. Uh, hey, thank you for everything you're doing and continuing to share the good news, but also inspire uh, others to grow in virtue because that's, that's so important. Thanks, man. I mean, it's something that I love. Just I just love talking to people and love talking in general. And so it's an op- it's a it's a beautiful opportunity to turn it into a ministry um, and and get to share with a um, few people who listen. And thank you for just actually living it out too, because it's one thing to talk about, but thank you for for making the effort to try to live it out. You don't know my life, Garrick. I could be living a very sinful life. I could be two faced. No. I watch you all the time. <laughs> Thank you, Garrick. I appreciate it. Um, so if you want to follow um, Garrick Gamboa, you can follow him at the official Garrick Gamboa <laughs> on Instagram. And I'm not kidding. That's literally his Instagram title, tag. Someone made it for me. Okay. I just <laughs> am way too lazy to change it. <laughs> Speaking of lazy. So it'll be all linked in the description. Um, Garrick, if you're, if you're in... Um, in your Belinda, California, and you mm-hmm. want to make a friend, Garrick's a great friend to have. I or if you want to be to one of my core members. If you want to help in ministry and you're above the age of 18. Yeah. Um, go hit him up and be part of his core members and help him with his ministry and live out your calling as a Christian to to evangelize. Um, 
follow Living Ardently at Living Ardently. Follow me personally at It's Only Adrian. Make sure you like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. I know I am behind on uploading the videos to YouTube. I am so sorry. I did not realize I was like a month and a half behind on uploading. I will get all of those uploaded by the end of the week. I promise. <laughs> I had to put that out there in the world to kind of get that out there. This episode might be coming uploaded a little bit late. But again, if you're listening past the due dates that these are supposed to be usually like we usually upload them on Monday. But you might hear this on Tuesday because it's Sunday night and I'm going to bed after this interview. Um, yeah, make sure if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review. It helps us get the podcast out to more people who are just looking for a podcast to listen to. And... Also, if you're not listening there, uh, subscribe and follow anywhere else you're listening to. And we're going to make a new album, uh, I mean, a podcast cover, not an album cover, a podcast cover soon, just to put my face on there. Not just because I want my face to be on there, but um, I just noticed that a lot of covers usually have faces on there and I just, I don't. And so I was like, oh, I guess I'll have to, now that I have photos for my engagement, I can actually put one up there for <laughs> me that i like okay tune in next week we have our q a episode with jarell hopefully that's the plan and he'll be here we'll be we'll be asking questions that you guys submit you can ask questions through our our instagram you can send us a message but you can also send a voice message if you want to be featured on the podcast um send a voice memo question to um the link is going to be in the description of the show notes you can also go on our instagram and look at the link in our bio and how to do that um, that way you'll get a little shout out as well and get to he answer your question on a podcast. Um, and I think that's it. That's all I got. Garrick, you got anything else? You are loved. I love you. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> love you too. Pray, pray, pray to pray. Pray to pray. <laughs> pray to pray. Thanks again. appreciate you coming on, being vulnerable with everybody. And you all, I hope you are, um, uh, these help you get vulnerable and be open to share your hearts with other people and if you don't have someone to share your heart with find that person and do it i mean just don't show it to everybody but you know be wise wise men say only fools rush in, <laughs> but i can't help falling in love <laughs> all right y'all god bless hope you have a wonderful week i will see you next week on hope maybe free maybe we'll see you on free time friday this week we'll see god bless you all take care and until next week keep living ardently peace take care y'all yes.